Today we're reading from How to Read a Book. 21. Reading and the Growth of the Mind. What good books can do for us. Means can be interpreted in two ways. In the previous paragraph, we interpreted the term as referring to the rules of reading. That is, the method by which you become a better reader. But means can also be interpreted as referring to things you read. Having a method without materials to which it can be applied is as useless as having the materials with no method to apply to them. In the latter sense of the term, the means that will serve you in the further improvement of your reading are the books you will read. We have said that the method applies to anything you read. And that is true if you understand by this statement any kind of book, whether fiction or non-fiction, imaginative or expository, practical or theoretical. But in fact, the method, at least as it is exemplified in our discussion, anatical and syntopical reading. Can I read that line? Sure. In our discussion of an analytical and syntopical reading, does not apply to every book. The reason is that some books do not require it. We have made this point before, but we want to make it now again because of its relevance to the task that lies before you. If you are reading in order to become a better reader, you cannot read just any book or article. You will not improve as a reader if all you read are books that are well within your capacity. You must tackle books that are beyond you, or, as we have said, books that are over your head. Only books of that sort will make you stretch your mind, and unless you stretch, you will not learn. Thus it becomes of crucial importance for you not only to be able to read well, but also to be able to identify those books that make the kinds of demands on you that improvement in reading ability requires. A book that can do no more than amuse or entertain you may be a pleasant diversion for an idle hour. But you must not expect to get anything but amusement from it. We are not against amusement in its own right. But we do want to stress that improvement in reading skill does not accompany it. The same goes for a book that merely informs you of facts that you did not know without adding to your understanding of those facts. Reading for information does not stretch your mind any more than reading for amusement. It may seem as though it does, but that is merely because your mind is fuller of facts than it was before you read the book. However, your mind is essentially in the same condition that it was before. There has been a quantitative change, but no improvement in your skill. We have said many times that the good reader makes demands on himself when he reads. He reads actively, effortfully. Now we are saying something else. The books that you will want to practice your reading on, particularly your analytical reading, must also make demands on you. They must seem to you to be beyond your capacity. You need not fear that they really are, because there is no book that is completely out of your grasp if you apply the rules of reading to it that we have described. This does not mean, of course, 
that these rules will accomplish immediate miracles for you. There are certainly some books that will continue to extend you, no matter how good a reader you are. Actually, those are the very books that you must seek out because they are the ones that can best help you to become an ever more skillful reader. Some readers make the mistake of supposing that such books, the ones that provide a constant and never-ending challenge to their skill, are always ones in relatively unfamiliar fields. In practice, this comes down to believing, in the case of most readers, that only scientific books and perhaps philosophical ones satisfy the criterion. Criterion. Satisfy the criterion, but that is far from the case. We have already remarked that the great scientific books are in many ways easier to read than non-scientific ones because of the care with which scientific authors help you to come to terms, identify the key propositions, and state the main arguments. These helps are absent from poetical works, and so in the long run, they are quite likely to be the hardest, the most demanding books that you can read. Homer, for example, is in many ways harder to read than Newton, despite the fact that you may get more out of Homer the first time through. The reason is that Homer deals with subjects that are harder to write well about. Homer, isn't that the thing I saw at Columbia? Yes, it's on top of the library. That's the, that was the first one I saw. And you look up Newton also. I'm going to tag both of them. Tag relatively. Wait a minute, I'm tagging Homer and Newton. Newton. The difficulties that we are talking about here are very different from the difficulties that are presented by a bad book. It is hard to read a bad book, too, for it defies your efforts to analyze it, slipping through your fingers whenever you think you have it pinned down. In fact, in the case of a bad book, there is really nothing to pin down. It is not worth the effort of trying. You receive no reward for your struggle. A good book does reward you for trying to read it. The best books reward you most of all. The reward, of course, is of two kinds. First, there is the improvement in your reading skill that occurs when you successfully tackle a good, difficult work. Second, and this in the long run is much more important, a good book can teach you about the world and about yourself. You learn more than how to read better. You also learn more about life. You become wiser, not just more knowledgeable, Books that provide nothing but information can produce that result. But wiser, in the sense that you are more deeply aware of the great and enduring truths of human life. There are some human problems, after all, that have no solution. There are some relationships, both among human beings and between human beings and the non-human world, about which no one can have the last word. This is true not only in such fields as science and philosophy, where it is obvious that final understanding about nature and its laws, and about being and becoming, has not been achieved by anyone and never will be. It is also true of such familiar and everyday matters as the relation between men and women, 
or parents and children, or man and God. These are matters about which you cannot think too much or too well. The greatest books can help you to think better about them because they were written by men and women who thought better than other people about them. I'm a, I'm a For listening to podcast Double Eggplant. For more, please visit freetime.education/rewind. Text copyright by respective authors. Audio copyright 2023 by Freetime Rewind. Music by Lord Geo. I'm not a younger no more. Time flies so fast, it felt like I see I was one for. Oh oh, life is better than before. Ain't nobody gave me keys that had to break down that door. Oh oh, one side baby, one side baby, one side baby. Hey, toda la gente que me está escuchando, sing sus sueños. I want everyone to follow your dreams. No dejen que nadie les diga que no. You hear me? Don't let nobody, and I mean nobody say no. Nah, nah.